like I appreciate what you're doing because I, quite frankly, without Bot Sentinel, I would I don't know that I'd be on Twitter anymore. Welcome to episode 15 of the David Binkowski podcast. My guest today is Christopher Boozy. He is the founder of Bot Sentinel. If you don't know what that is, you need to know what that is, especially since we are in an election year. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. I know you're a busy guy. Things are ramping up with the election and, and obviously things on Twitter are going crazy. Um, I, I wanted people to learn more if they don't know who you are and what Bot Sentinel is. I want them to know what this is because of the amount of disinformation that's being pushed by our own elected officials in the United States as well as around the world um, for you know political gain and what have you. Um, so it's it's a it's a massive massive problem, and you created a tool for Twitter called Bot Sentinel in 2018 that specifically looks at inauthentic accounts and toxic trolls and what have you. So could you just give people the kind of a, you know, 900 foot overview of, of Bot Sentinel? Yeah, sure. So, okay. So the platform, you know, I developed the platform, like you said, in 2018. And you know, back then it was more or less at that time, just focused on bots in the beginning. Um, but I quickly realized like, hey, you know, this, this platform, it has to be bigger. We have to expand it to look at other types of accounts because at that point, things were evolving. Um, it wasn't just about, you know, computer generated stuff anymore. It was about actual human beings that were pushing a lot of this, you know, disinformation and targeted attacks and all that other stuff. And you know, I felt at that time there needed to be a tool that could do that. And there really wasn't. Um, so yeah, it, it was a huge undertaking, uh, but you know, I felt it was something that needed to be done because at that point, everyone was calling everyone else a bot. You, know, you would get in, into a discussion on Twitter and if someone didn't agree with you, you, you were a bot. Um, and that's also not healthy for you know, discourse and you know, everyone being in their, their bubble. Uh, so I, I, I set out to create this platform. Uh, so like I said, when it initially launched, um, it more or less just focused on, on bots, but within a few weeks, it, it evolved really quickly and started to be able to you know, identify other types of accounts. Um, so, you know, it uses machine learning, obviously artificial intelligence, and how I ended up training the initial model for it, I took um, you know, accounts that I obviously knew were real accounts, you know, blue check marks, and people that you know were really active on Twitter who had pictures. You knew there were real people, and then also accounts that were suspicious that were breaking Twitter rules you know, these were the really bad accounts that were harassing people and targeting people and putting disinformation out there. And, and that's pretty much how the initial model was trained, you know, good accounts versus bad accounts, basically. And then over time, that evolved as well. The technology changed. And, um, you know, it was now like right now, it pretty much, believe it or not, trains itself. You know, it pulls in all this data and it's able to retrain itself. Um, you know, and the reason behind that is because you know, I wanted to take the human element out of it because one of the biggest arguments you know, with machine learning and artificial intelligence is that there is a bias because it's, you, know, you still are training it with you know, data that you're picking out in the beginning and there's some type of bias and wanted to take that out of the, you know, the equation. Um, so yeah, so the, over time the platform has evolved, and you know, in its current iteration, um, you know, it's it's a lot more complex than I ever thought it would be. So, for example, obviously you can you know test accounts to see if they are normal, questionable, disruptive, or problematic. Problematic being the worst accounts, obviously normal being you know the best accounts. Um, and then we have 
you know, other tools to help people because it's just not about identifying these accounts. It's also about pre you know, preventing them from harassing other accounts or harassing you. Um, so for example, you know, we just uh, launched the auto blocker and that's based on a couple of different things. One, our, our technology. So, you know, if you have people replying to you, if you're someone who gets, you know, a lot of different replies and people engaging with you, it will scan your tweets using our, you know, model, our, our technology, and it will know if an account is normal, once again, uh, questionable, disruptive, and whatever. And you set the threshold, the filter. So if you have it set for problematic accounts, for example, it will block all problematic accounts that are replying to you. But then there's other filters as well. So you can block accounts based on keywords and their tweets, um, how many followers they have, um, if they have a profile picture or not. We just added a new feature where you can block accounts based on keywords in their name or emojis that they use. Because you know there are some accounts out there that use a specific emoji to you know, display that they're part of you know, some group or whatever. And this isn't um, necessarily partisan because I'm, you, you, I saw this when, when Bernie was still in the race, it was the uh, Red Rose, I think. Right. Right. Um, and I was seeing a ton of uh, inauthentic accounts uh, that started following me because I got into some discussions with some people and maybe even, you know, said something positive about Bernie Sanders. And all of a sudden it was this rash of, of, uh, of, of you know, trolls following me. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that's interesting or, or that's not interesting, but it, it doesn't have a... Uh, the, a bias, like you said, but it has to be very difficult knowing you have you have the leader of the president of the United States pushing disinformation, and then basically his entire party. Not every time, but they do fall in lockstep with a lot of his messaging, right. um, which makes it uh, extremely challenging. And I even hear when you try to have a conversation with somebody about you know something that Trump said. It, it, they think it's like the word of like in real life. I'm saying they think it's like the word of God. I think if that's the truth, that's the single source of truth, which was the whole point of fake news and, and, you know, discounting everyone but himself. But it has to be tricky though, when you've got like, you know, a Ted Cruz retweeting him or somebody and you're like, you're acting like a freaking troll. Um, so the machine learning, how does it account for, someone who is a, a blue check who's doing that stuff like a Ted Cruz or, you know, any other right. politician. Right. And, and that was the challenge. Um, so in terms of disinformation, um, uh, un unfortunately, you know, the technology is still not there yet to discern from, you know, an account that's pushing actual disinformation that may not be targeting anyone in terms of like harassment or breaking any rules, but doing the stuff like, like you said, Trump is doing or uh, Ted Cruz is doing. Um, so th that's the reason why we added another feature to the platform where there, we call it tweet alerts. So if you're using our browser extension or the soon to be, soon, excuse me, soon to be released app, um, you'll be able to see those alerts because unfortunately Twitter you know, does flag some tweets, but obviously not nearly enough. So the, so what that part is, is basically a manual type of thing where if we see a tweet that is clearly disinformation, we're able to mark that. And that's not using, you know, AI or anything. That's a manual process. Now, in terms of, you know, the automatic stuff, the machine learning and the AI, uh, it's, it's gotten, much better than than you know the very first version because there's a lot more data we're we're talking about and I'm not kidding billions of tweets um, now so it, you know, the the accuracy is a heck of a lot better because it understands you know and it it can tell the difference between you know someone who's occasionally being a jerk versus someone who's doing this on a daily basis. And, you know, this is what they are on Twitter doing. Um, so it's gotten really good at that. Now, it, nothing is perfect. Um, so it was designed obviously for, 
you know, English, um, the English language. And when you have accounts that are not, um, you know, tweeting in you know, the majority of, of English, um, it can have issues in terms of rating that. We're, we're, we're working on that now. You know, we're gonna roll out a version uh, soon uh, that would be uh, Brazilian friendly in terms of Portuguese um, because the platform is used a lot, believe it or not, in Brazil. Um, so we're, we're working on the accuracy uh, for that. And then you know, we'll, we'll branch out to other places as well. Um, so yeah, so it is difficult yeah. when you have the president of the United States tweeting something like, you know, the election is going to be rigged or, you know, there, there's a million ballots found in someone's garage. You know, I'm obviously exaggerating, but he, he says, you know, crazy things that are similar to that. Um, and right now there's just, you know, not that I'm aware of technology that could, you know, flag that accurately so that there's still a human process and, and, you know, the, the, um, the tagging of, of, of disinformation in terms of the tweets. That's, um, I was gonna, and that's, it's a huge challenge. You can actually probably just follow every place that Steve Banning goes and preemptively <laughs> <laughs> get hired by the government there <laughs> because that seems to be the case. They keep pushing these authoritarian fascists. They got one in Poland now. They, it, it just it just keeps it keeps being a problem. And they've tapped into that psychological, emotional level of people to where, like, you can't even agree the sky is blue anymore. They just get so bought in on, quite frankly, bullshit. Right. That makes them feel a certain way, even if it's like racist or false or, or whatever it is. Um, I did want to ask you because you have the four different categories and, you know, people get suspended for all different reasons on Twitter, whether it's content or saying the wrong thing because they got angry or, or what have you. Right. What is the what is the criteria? Have you discerned what the criteria is, let's say, for a problematic account to become unsuspended? Like how... If they violated it and they're not real, why would Twitter allow that to happen? Well, that's a good question, um, and and I can't give you the answer to that um, <laughs> because that is that is that's one of the biggest you know that question there. I have to tell you when I'm talking to journalists or I'm, you know I'm just like on a podcast with you right now, you know I say, well, you know if these accounts are fake and you, your platform is you know fairly accurate at being able to. You know, point out these problematic accounts. Why doesn't Twitter just, you know, suspend them all? And my answer is always this is the same. I don't know. Um, so, you know, uh, unfortunate, unfortunately, you know, this is this is a guess here. But um, you know, it's a, these accounts make up a lot of Twitter's activity. Um, you know, when you have an account that's repetitive in terms of constantly tweeting uh, you know, four or 500 times a day, that helps Twitter, un un unfortunately. It, it's not good for the user experience, but it's good for the bottom line for Twitter. That's the only explanation that I can come up with in regards to why many of these accounts are still you know, active or why they get suspended and then unsuspended. Um, you know, I always direct people to the stats page um, because one of the things we get accused of is obviously being biased because I'm very active on Twitter and I let my you know, political leanings known, but the platform itself is really not biased because what, what people don't understand is there's disinformation on both sides and in the middle. So you have accounts that are fake that are pushing disinformation on the left and you have it on the right. Now I can tell you from experience and from data, it, is much more on the right than it is on the left, but make no mistake, both sides do do it. And then you have agitators from outside the country that come in and they try to roll up both sides. They, you know, during the primaries, you know, there were fake accounts that were pushing, you know, the Bernie Sanders stuff and attacking Kamala and attacking, you know, Joe Biden. And, and these were not, these were not accounts that were based in United States, meaning in terms of the people that were running it. They were foreign, foreign actors, you know, trying to cause, you know, soul division, you know, within the electoral process. Um, 
So when people say, hey, well, you know, the the developer of Bot Sentinel, you know, he's a liberal Democrat and you can't trust the platform because, you know, they're attacking conservatives. It's just not true because we make the data is, you know, available. So you can look at the accounts that are that are being flagged and rated and all that other stuff. And you can clearly see that there's no bias. But of course, people are going to say that. So but in terms of the accuracy, so if you look at the website and you look at the problematic accounts, now problematic accounts make up 12% of all the accounts that we're currently tracking, but the deactivated and you know, suspended percentage is at 26, over 26%. So it, they make up 12% of all the accounts that we are following, but the accounts that are suspended are over 26, excuse me, 26%. When you compare that to the normal accounts, the normal accounts make up something like, uh, I think it's 56%, if I'm not mistaken, or 58%. 58. Yeah. Okay, oh, you're looking at it, thanks. Yep. <laughs> and it's just over 3% in terms of the deactivated suspended. Um, and that's just over time, like I said, where the platform is relearning, it's retraining itself and it's, it's understanding. Because the other part of this is, you know, what we talk about now is not like what we were talking about a year ago. So we were not talking about COVID-19 a year ago. So the platform knew nothing about COVID-19. It didn't know anything about, you know, the drugs that Trump were, was telling people they should take and all that stuff. It, it knew nothing about that. So if you had a model from a year ago and you tried to use that same model now, it would be completely inaccurate because a lot of the things that we're talking about now just did not exist, you know, a year ago in terms of, you know, public discourse and all of that stuff. Um, so it's crucial for new models to run out, you know, excuse me, new models to be pushed out, you know, every couple of months. So the, the platform is up to date. Um, and that's actually going, that should actually happen within another week or so where we will push out a, a, a new model that will account for all the new stuff that we're talking about. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's not perfect. Um, but there's, there's one other thing I want to you know, talk quickly about. Um, the platform in terms of when you use it and you look up someone's um, you know, Twitter handle and it gives you the rating and stuff, it was purposely designed that way. Um, and the reason why is because, you know, subconsciously trying to train people to be able to detect these, these, you know, accounts and all these, you know, bots and whatever on their own without actually using the platform. So if you constantly use this platform over time, you start to notice the way people are tweeting, what they're tweeting about, and you start to be able to say, hey, you know something, I bet this account is disruptive or problematic. And you may just go and just check it just to see and say, hey, I was right. Um, so it's also a training tool as well to help people be able to identify this so they don't constantly have to keep looking at accounts. You know, obviously there are people that use the browser extension that automatically does it for them. So if they're, you know, they got the browser extension installed, they can be on Twitter and you know, look, but obviously not everyone uses, you know, the desktop. For I get asked all the time. They're like, where do you find this? Or can you run this for me? I'm like, you can do it yourself. To go to right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and that's why we're coming out with an app. And we could have had an app for you know, a, a, a while ago. We, actually, we initially did have an app. And the reason why we took it off the market um, is because we just could not handle the load um, at that time. Um, it was just too much going on. Um, you know, right now it's, 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 the platform is pretty much supported by donations. Um, and the, the reason why I'm doing that, you know, people tell me all the time, Hey, you know, you could just make this a paid product and, and call it a day, uh, charge, you know, nine bucks or 20 bucks or have a tier or whatever. And I'm like, I know that, but right now it's more important for our, our electoral process, this, this upcoming election that we're dealing with now, um, our sanity and everything else in between for the platform to remain free so we can get as much information out there. We can have, you know, well, as many people as possible using the platform so we can kind of push back against this, 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 you know, this onslaught of just BS. Yeah. It's um, unfortunate that Twitter can't, refuses to get a handle on it. I know working in the space, watching 
uh, watching these platforms, we were, we were chatting before we started recording about my background and working in marketing and watching chat rooms turn to message boards, turn to blogs, turn to MySpace, turn to social. And the number one thing that they're looking for is new user growth and monthly, monthly active users. So it's really, as a, uh, as a consumer, obviously it sucks when you get fake people, you know, people working for foreign governments coming in and talking shit to you or whatever, trying to make you agitated or, or, you know, or even leave the platform because of your opinions or what have you. Um, but as a marketer, it's fraud. That's right. absolute fraud. Those are not people that live in the place I'm targeting my ads. Um, so I'm wasting my spend. So instead of a click being 25 cents, it cost me a dollar or $2. Uh, and right. that's, that to me is something that I, a Facebook, I believe does something similar. I don't have, I don't have anything but anecdotal proof of this, but if you've ever, ever run a lead generation campaign on Facebook, you get fake people responding to it. I don't know if they programmed with, you know, if they're actual people, if they are bots that they've programmed, the same thing happens on Facebook marketplace. You post an item for sale and four people pop up all interested and then never respond again. Um, and I just wonder, you know, the integrity of these platforms to me is more crucial than the number of people using it at any given moment. Right. If, the, if, the, if the data, if the information's bad and the users are fake, then as a marketer, I'm not giving you my money. And I've rarely ever pushed clients to use Twitter for that reason, because I know how bad the problem is. And Facebook back in the day, you know, it still exists. I'm sure you've seen the Silicon Valley episode with the bot farm mm -hmm. where they were trying to push down uh, app installs. Um, and the guy gets on, gets up in the morning, gets on his bike and goes to his mm -hmm. place. Of, yeah. He goes to the place of employment where there's all the screens where they're just like creating fake accounts and liking things and all that. And Facebook's been caught doing that multiple times. Um, the record industry got popped on YouTube doing that, trying to inflate their impressions. It's just the, the fraud that's out there to me is what's always going to make the internet like not good until they crack down on that. It's going to be a shit show. Well, and, and they're not. Um, so, you know, I have, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about all of this because there's different aspects to this. So in terms of Twitter and, you know, you know, I tell people all the time, okay, let's say I'm a grandmother in New Jersey somewhere and I've been fed a lot of this BS and I'm on t Twitter and I'm tweeting and you know, just saying a whole bunch of crazy stuff that just does, it just is like void of reality. Um, that person probably would rate disruptive or problematic on our platform because they're just you know, constantly engaging in stuff and attacking people and breaking Twitter's rules and stuff like that. But not to the point where Twitter is like, okay, we, we need to suspend this person permanently. They may get a timeout or something like that. So Twitter's, you know, argument is, hey, look, we're not, we're not here to try to moderate, you know, too much of what's being posted. We're, we're trying to give people free speech. So if you want to say someone sucks without harassing them, you should be able to say that. I sort of agree with that. Um, what I have issues with is not making it easier for your users to be able to then block those people without having to manually block them. So like, for example, like with the auto blocker, uh, we shouldn't have to have done that. Uh, there should be filters in place already that allow me to, you know, automatically prevent people from, you know, like, let's say replying to my tweet that don't meet a certain threshold or whatever. So like if they only have three followers or if their account was just recently created, I don't want that person replying to me because nine out of 10 times that person is trying to harass me. Um, or, you know, an, an account that is notorious for harassing other people. And Twitter does this now. A lot of people don't know. If you have a tweet and this, let's say there's only like three replies or four, and then you notice there's like a more uh, view more or something like that. I can't remember. I think it is view more. That's Twitter pushing really low quality accounts and hiding them basically. And you have to click the view more. Now, a lot of people think, oh, it's because I have so many replies. No, it's because Twitter is actively using AI, using, you know, the machine learning 
to see accounts that are breaking their rules, see accounts that are engaging in targeted harassment and they're hiding their replies. Um, so you don't really see it unless if you click that more, view more or whatever. Um, so they, they have the technology to do it. I mean, we're doing it, they can do it. But their position is, hey, you know, we're trying to have a, uh, a place where people can interact and they can voice their opinions. As long as you're not going overboard, you should be able to do that. I sort of kind of agree, like I said, because, you know, where do you draw the line? So if you're constantly saying every single day Trump sucks, you know, he's the worst president ever, um, and you're tweeting that to him, are you harassing him? Is that targeted harassment? Or are you just, you know, letting your views be known in a way that may be a, a bit aggressive? Um, and and that, that's the that's the thing, you know. Where, where do you draw the line? Now, there's one. There's another part to this. Well, and he's an anomaly too because he's an elected official. So if you, right. if he was walking down the street, and you said you suck, that wouldn't be anything. That just happens. Right. It's I just agree. Called voicing your opinion as a voter. Well, but then you know, let's say if you're a public figure, let's say if you're, or let's just say you're an influencer with a, a couple million followers, and you have, you know, views that. Some people don't agree with. Let's say if you say, you know, I, obviously I don't agree with this, but I'm just trying to find. Uh, so, but let's say you say something like, you know, all women should just, you know, have babies and stay at home. Now, obviously, you're going to get attacked and trolled, which rightfully you should. Um, but the, the question then becomes: the people that are trolling you and saying whatever and telling you that you're a jerk or whatever, at what point it's like, okay, enough is enough, and they should be, you know, suspended or put into timeout. Um, so that's where it's like trying to find the balance. And I have to admit, it, it is hard because even, you know, what we're doing now and training these, you know, models, it's, it's not easy, I can tell you. Um, but there's another aspect. There's the blatant, like you said, fraud. There's the state actors that are pretending to be other people, pretending to be your grandmother, you know, in Wisconsin or, you know, surfer girl in California who's just, for whatever reason, tweeting about politics in New York and focused on things that probably the average teenager wouldn't be focused on. Um, you know, those accounts should be immediately suspended and not allowed to be on the platform. And unfortunately, they're not. Um, not at the rate that they should be. Um, Twitter does suspend accounts because we can see when accounts are suspended and you know, we don't know why they're suspended, but we can see that they're suspended. Um, but Twitter is not doing enough in that regard. And I think they should. Um, but I also believe with all the millions of people who are tweeting every minute of the day, it is a huge undertaking. And I just think by allowing third parties like ourselves to come in and, you know, help with that, I think, in my opinion, um, that's probably the better route to go. You know, I've, I've actually talked with people from Twitter and one of the suggestions that I have made is, hey, make it more easier for third parties to hook into your platform, you know, where we don't have to go and create a whole app just in, in terms of, you know, an Android or, or iOS app to allow people to use our technology when we could just have a plugin that plugs into your, you know, your platform, like with Facebook and pretty much, you know, any major platform has, um, you know, if they did something like that, then you will have the really smart guys come in and create other tools, you know, where you have like the auto blockers or you'll have like, you know, something that would say, you know, you know, you, you don't meet this filter, so you can't reply to me until you do meet this threshold or whatever. Um, so yeah, they, they have a, they have a long way to go in my opinion, to have a platform that is more user-friendly and, you know, inviting, but you know, I, I, Hey, look, we're just, like I said, we're with the, with our platform, we're just trying to make a difference with what we have. I've, I've noticed a difference and like, I've seen, I've been able to track, I think because of my background with working in the, working with communities online. And with data and those things, I, there are times I'll DM you and be like, I think this is popping up. Like, I think this is new, there's a new crop of bots out there or what have you, because the messaging is the same. The profiles are all the same. You know, it, it's just, it's because of using your tool and coupling that with my own, I, I'm able to now spot this stuff 
and what I think. It's like something for me to watch. Is this a trend? Is this a new? Is there a new cell of of trolls? You know, going after people or not? Um, I do think if 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 Twitter improving the user experience would bring more real users, and so that's what's mind-boggling. It would bring more ad revenue. It'd bring more real people to the platform. That to me is is the the wildest part about it. But as you and I were talking about earlier uh, or before this started, um, it's about really trying to inform, and, and I've called this out multiple times, inform the, the, the mass media, the, the mainstream media who are on there, the journalists that were maybe, you know, didn't know that this was a thing. Um, you know, I, and I've seen it on the TV here in Puerto Rico. I've seen it on uh, TV and in print in the, in the, on the mainland where people run with stuff that is just false, right. but it looks good. But it's like, oh, this person has a lot of followers. Yeah, but 70% of them are false. You didn't say that part. You know, <laughs> like that matters. So right. um, I, you, you did get to work, um, you know, with the, with the, regarding the debates that just happened. And I don't, I don't have it in me to go through what the hell was up, what we watched, but can you talk a little bit more about that and yeah. what, what did you do there? Yeah. So obviously, you know, we're like one of the only public platforms. There's like maybe one other um, that tracks a lot of this stuff. Um, so different news outlets, outlets, excuse me, journalists, reporters, you know, they come to us to try to figure out what's happening, to get a handle on something. Uh, so we've worked with CV, CBS in the past, and um, there's one particular uh, journalist reporter, um, Dan Patterson, and, you know, he reached out to me. He said, hey, look, you know, we are monitoring this stuff. Like, would you be interested tomorrow in just letting us know, like, what's happening? And we'll report it out, you know, if you see something, uh, which, you know, there's always something that's going on. Um, right. If there's a big event, you're going to have these fake accounts that are just going to be pushing whatever it is. Uh, you know, you can, it, it, you don't have to be, um, you know, a psychic to know this. It, it just happens. You know, when you had uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg pass away, you had the accounts that were coming out and it was like, fill her seat, fill the seat now. You know, so this happens. Um, so, Yesterday, it was, you know, they were pushing the hashtags regarding him using, you know, some type of electronic de device. And then also about his cognitive abilities, saying that he uses performance enhancement drugs. So what we would normally do is give a list of the different hashtags and then examples of the accounts. Because what's important to me is not just saying, hey, we see this or we see that, but to also give them examples so they know that we're not, you know, just saying this, that they're actually, you know, being able to look at these accounts and seeing, okay, yeah, this account is fake because this account is, you know, for whatever, you know, whatever reason it may be, it may be like 200 of the same tweets or, you know, like you said, like many of these accounts, they're literally tweeting the same exact thing, um, you know, word for word, or, or, or if it's not word for word, it's close to being word for word. Um, so we just give them examples and stuff like that. And they, you know, they push whatever we were saying to them out to the public so they can understand, hey, you know, if you're seeing this hashtag, you know, this is being promoted right now by inauthentic accounts. I don't like to use the term bot because once you use the term bot, people think that, you know, it's just automated accounts, but it's, like I said, it's a lot more complex than that. Now, you know, there are accounts and you know, I've told journalists this for roughly now almost two years, you know, you have people in the United States and this just came out not too long ago. And when I first told journalists this, they were like, wait a second, like, I, I don't believe this. Um, so there are people in the United States who are getting paid to troll. You know, they're getting paid to go on these platforms and push whatever message. Uh, there are firms located in the United States that are paying people to do this. Um, technically, it's not illegal because the firms are in the United States, the people are in the United States. Then if you pay someone to 
you know, give an opinion about something or, you know, false information or whatever, as long as it's not something that's illegal or you're, you know, telling someone to harm themselves or whatever, or, you know, harassing someone, it's just not illegal. Um, you know, technically false information and quote unquote disinformation has been in politics forever. Um, it's just been weaponized the, the, you know, the past few years. So now, instead of having someone in Russia, you know, the troll farm or whatever, you know, doing this stuff, you have them here in the United States actually doing it. You know, there was the Washington Post piece where teenagers was getting paid to, you know, push out disinformation. Uh, but this has been going on for quite some time. You have influencers, uh, I'm not going to say any names on, on your podcast, um, who get paid to, you know, tweet about whatever it is in terms of politics, you know, whatever candidate or whatever party, or, you know, and you will see, cause they will switch from, you know, one opinion to a completely total opposite opinion months later, um, because they're getting paid to do this. They're getting paid to go out there and push some of the wildest things. Um, so, you know, their account is basically for rent to the highest buyer. Um, the highest bidder. Um, so th that is a huge problem. That's a huge problem yeah. because now it's no longer, like I said, you know, somebody or a group of people in Russia or, you know, Iran or China somewhere. You've got people here in the United States that are doing this. And there are no laws in place right now that can prevent that from happening. So, you know, you can go and start a firm that is employing these people. Now, this, this is obviously against Twitter rules, but you know, these people are savvy. You know, and, and if you think about it, it's, 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 I hate to say it's brilliant, but when you think about it, if I'm paying two or 300 people in different parts of the country, we're not all using the same network, you know, you're at your house and this person is there, it makes it much harder for Twitter to stop this. Right. Because you know, when, you're, when you're all on the same network, and you're tweeting similar things, Twitter could say, okay, hey, yeah, we, we can see this is, this is all the same network. They're tweeting about this. We can shut these accounts down. But when you've got people all over the country in California, New York, Wisconsin, wherever doing this, it makes it much harder. And then each person don't know who's part of the, the actual group or organization or whatever. So I can hire quote unquote freelancers. And, I'm, and I say, hey, I want you to tweet for the next you know 30 days this stuff here and i'm going to pay you x amount uh, per tweet or x amount per week or whatever you know the average young person if you get a couple of thousand dollars per month to do this what do you care right you know you don't care so th th that's a huge problem yeah the laws uh, the campaign laws and 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 what again going back to being a marketer if we do things that are not transparent to the consumer, straight up lie to the consumer, et cetera, there's a consequence for that, right? Right. But the fact that a politician, someone who's running a country can do it is just absolute bullshit. I just don't understand how, why, like, I, I don't know. I, we, I've said this for a while that this whole, I, my, I first incorporated in 1999 and I did that because I know that companies have more rights than people and that the government was already being pushed in the U S um, you know, it had been pushed for decades prior to be more favorable towards business and less towards individuals. So I, I just, it's, it's backwards. You know, I think I told, I was talking with someone the other day and I said, you know, good government. If you look at like Europe and you look at countries where they have healthcare, they have good education, their people are happy, they're paid well, like it can be done. It's just, you have the personal will to do it and take the money out of it and make it about the community and the country. And I just, I just don't see it happening. And that's, that to me is the saddest thing because there are good people. I mean, it's not like, you know, when you see these people on TV acting crazy with flags and, you know, screaming in someone's face, that's the, that's a, that's a small percentage of people. Right. Um, and the fact that these platforms are allowing it's you know, impact good people and innocent people who maybe don't know better. Uh, to me, that's the biggest shame of all of it is that you've got 
you know, how many people, I don't know how many, if, how much you watch this, I track how many people unfollow me or, or basically leave Twitter. That's what happens most of the time. If I go through a list of people who unfollowed me, a good 60% of it are people who just flat out deleted their accounts. And they're, they're real people, like they're Puerto Ricans I've met or, you know, they're actual people that are, for whatever reason, got into it and they just said, this is not for me. And so if they would clean up the platform and make rules around it, they could actually retain users, which to me should be a bigger emphasis as opposed to monthly active and, and new users, because it's not about longevity matters, you know, especially with these, these platforms. And even on a previous podcast, you know, my friend Bob, who I've been in this business with for a long time and said, he goes, it's going to fragment again. It started off fragmented. The power, the, it's all consolidated now. It's going to fragment again. I believe that. I really think it will. Well, you know, you know, I don't know if it, I don't know if it will do that or not. Um, but I agree with you. Uh, you know, I I've had followers that you know would you know in in the early twenty seventeen who were like really you know gun ho about fighting back against what was happening and you know they were quote unquote resistors and many of those people like you said either just left twitter or just closed their accounts down because they were just frustrated and you know we you know there's a whole nother side of it. it's like we're focusing so much on the political you know aspect of this um, but what pays the bills for me and really the company itself is, you know, we get companies that reach out to us because companies are also facing an onslaught of disinformation. Um, you know, this is something I don't normally talk about because, you know, with my followers, it's more or less about politics. Um, but, you know, we have clients that will literally have a group of, you know, I'm just trying to be careful of what I'm saying here. Like we'll have like a group of fake accounts uh, say something about the product and they're getting paid, but something negative by a competitor. Um, you know, I recently did work that you can find this on, 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 on Google uh, for a certain celebrity who was getting harassed um, by um, just an unusual number of fake accounts. Um, and, you know, in this celebrity, uh, the you know, people representing the celebrity reached out to the firm um, because they were like, hey, look, you guys see this, you, you know what it looks like. Is this what, it, what we think it is? And sure enough, it was. Um, so it's not just about politics anymore. It's, it is spilled over pretty much into every aspect of our life in terms of this disinformation. So let's say if I was on the dark side of things and I started a firm, you know, there is money out there to be made to attack other corporations or attack celebrities or whatever for money. Not price manipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, exactly, yep. exactly. Um, so fighting this stuff, and it's, 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 it, it is not easy. To, to tell you, um, and it just takes on different forms. So I don't know if the platforms are gonna become fragmented again and we're gonna be on different forums like we were before. You know, I, I, I don't know, but I can tell you with certainty, unless new laws are passed and passed soon, this is gonna be the landscape. You know, fake accounts, disinformation, targeted, uh, targeted attacks, and platforms like Bot Sentinel are going to be, you know, just common. It's going to be something that you're going to ex expect uh, moving forward. Until, like you said, either the platforms say enough is enough and they figure out a way of solving this, or you know, the users themselves figure out a way somehow of, of, of solving this. I, I don't know if there's a perfect solution for this, to be honest with you. Well, it's it's a developing space, um, and, and it's ever evolving. And I think that as long as there's still good people trying to fight the good fight, they're always going to try to find solutions to make it better. Right. Um, so I, I appreciate what you're doing because, I, quite frankly, without Bot Sentinel, I would I don't know that I'd be on Twitter anymore. It just gets to the point where, you know, I'm an OG. I've been on for 
13, over 13 years. And, you know, it used to just be people that you met like in your field or at conferences or in real life or what have you. And there's been a, a you know, a big shift away from that. Um, at least right. for me, uh, over time, just, and that's part, part of the, I guess that's just part of how like the journey life takes you on. I don't, you know, I, I used to do a lot of work with the mom blogging world, um, because of my client base and the client base changes. And so you don't go to those conferences anymore and you still stay friends with those people, but it's just a different, you're not looking to add more people in from that group. Now you move on to something else. So for me, it's, you know, I follow, I, I, I don't have, I have a fairly standard policy that if you're Puerto Rican and you're real, I'll follow you. Um, well, I, I want to know what, I want to know your thoughts about living here, about if you had to leave, I want to know if you, what would it take to get you back here? What needs to be improved, fixed, changed, made better, whatever, because I want to be part of that solution. So I just want to get different perspectives on it so that I can feed, you know, because um, if you ask, you know, one type of person, let's say they're extremely wealthy, they have a much different perspective on what needs to happen on the island versus someone who's working minimum wage or is on, you know, some kind of social benefits or whatever it is. So I like to hear all sides of it and, and then try to come up with a solution or be part of a solution. So like I said, right. without your tool, I would, I don't, I don't know that I'd be on Twitter because it just, it becomes, it, it can be unbearable um, just trying to do it natively. Um, right. When you said, like you said, that because there are bad actors out there looking to disrupt um, looking to rile you up or, or what have you. So Chris, what are you working on next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm glad you asked. Um, so, okay. So, you know, there's, okay, there, there's technology out there. Now, this used to be done by hand by professionals, uh, stylometry, where they are able to determine if something is written by someone else in terms of like, so you have like ghost writers or, you know, authors that use, you know, different pen names or whatever. Um, so over, you know, with anything else, like with over time with technology and stuff like that, it's become much easier to build tools to do that automatically. So we're, we're releasing a tool like that, um, where you'll be able to put you know, X number of accounts and, you know, run analysis on them. And it'll be able to tell you if those accounts are being run by the same person or not, just based off of their, their tweets. Even if they try to change it up a bit, it's just, we, we constantly use the same syntax, same words, you know, punctuations and all, and all of that is taken into account. Um, you know, we've been working on this for quite some time, testing it out because we obviously want it to be as accurate as possible. And it's, it's really good. Um, now, the average person may not need that. This is more or less for, you know, researchers out there who are, you know, looking at something and they're like, okay, you know, I think I see a network. Is this the same person? Is this the same group of people? So uh, it would help with that. Um, and then, like I said, you know, we're going to release the app and the app um, is pretty much just like the browser extension. Um, you know, it shows you know, the user, the uh, rating in real time. Um, so you could pretty much just do everything from the app because obviously, like I said earlier, uh, not everybody who uses Twitter are using like the, you know, Twitter desktop and all of that. Um, it was just easier for us to do that in terms of just server resources and all of that. But thankfully, you know, we've had more donations come in um, over time. And I've been able to use that money, you know, wisely. So I'm like, okay, I think we can now finally, you know, put a few more servers on and be able to handle the load that we're going to get from those, um, those apps. I'm sorry, there's, there's a truck going by. I hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize. Uh, I looked yeah. around to see if my phone was ringing or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that was me. Yeah. So because you, you're going to have more people on the app than you would ever have on the browser extension. Uh, so we, wanted, we, we did not want to diminish the user experience by having, you know, an extra 40 or 50,000 people using it at once. And then you have the website acting slower. So th th that's what we've been doing over 
the last several months is really building out the infrastructure and putting things in place. So like, God forbid, if we're, we're hacked, which has happened before, not really more or less hacked, but, you know, we've had denial of service type of things. We've had someone, uh, you know, penetrate one of our servers, but, they, you know, they didn't get in inf any information or anything like that because we segment things. But now we have things in place. If one part of the website goes down, you know, another part is, is, uh, is, is up and running well. You know, we, we have it segmented really well now. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's it for now. And, and there's some other stuff I, I don't want to talk about just yet, but you know, we're, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly adding new tools. You know, we're, we're trying to stay ahead of the bad guys and, you know, hopefully, you know, one day, maybe this, this platform is not going to be needed. Who, who knows? Maybe Twitter will get the, their, their act together and, and who, who knows, but you know, verify everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for now, we're not going anywhere. Awesome. So I'm going to um, cut the part where I said thank you and put it here. Mm -hmm. And that was perfect. That was great. Okay. Well, I thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for you know inviting me on. I really appreciate it. No, happy to evangelize. And I, like I said, if I, I'm trying, what I'd love to get going is more marketers to pressure these platforms. That's the, that's the ideal. And, you know, I don't know if, if those dollars are pale in comparison to what the shitty government or, you know, the political bullshit, if it's, if there's even a, if, I don't know if we can overtake them, but that would be the ideal would be to have marketers putting pressure on the platforms like they kind of did with Facebook to say, clean up your shit. Right. So, right. I, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm optimistic that this is, this will change. Um, but, you know, it's always going to be a cat and mouse game because yeah. when you put something in place, people figure ways around it. Uh, so, you know, I think it's going to come down really and truly to the actual individuals, people, people saying, you know, all right, enough, you know, if you don't get this together, or if you don't at least give us this feature or whatever, we're going to go, or people actually calling out the bullshit, you know, they see stuff that's happening and they're like, Hey, you know, this is fake, you know, I'm, I'm flagging this or whatever. Um, like I said, I, you know, I'd be the first to say bot signal is not the perfect solution. Um, it's one tool of which should be many. Uh, you know, you, you cannot, you know, it's not like a spam filter where, you know, it, it, there has to be different tools out there. Unfortunately, there, there's just not, there's not enough. Um, but hopefully, you know, it, is, it, it, it inspires another coder out there, someone smarter to say, hey, you know, there's a better way this could be done. Because at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for. I appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I, I, I. I appreciate you um, inviting me and, and allowing me to talk about it. I want to thank my guest, Christopher Boozy, for coming on. If you're not using BotSentinel and you're on Twitter, I highly recommend going to BotSentinel.com and downloading the extensions uh, for your browser. There's an app coming soon, so get that too. It's only going to get more wild on there until the election's over, so highly recommend it. Also, if you like the podcast, please make sure you subscribe and give us some ratings. Love to read some reviews. And if you want to drop us an email, you can send, send me one. The email address is pod at davidbinkowski.com. Thanks for listening.